strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Hi and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. And I'm Jen. And today I'm going to talk about the story of a dream. So the 1920s brought together some pretty brilliant ideas like the Band-Aid, penicillin, the vacuum cleaner, to name a few. But it also started the brainstorming of a number of disturbingly ambitious engineering projects. The grandest and weirdest of all was a plan to dam the Strait of Gibraltar and producing enough electricity to power half of Europe while also draining the Mediterranean to make way for a human settlement in a new Euro-African supercontinent. This is the story of Aunt La Tropa. What in the world? <laughs> That's so insane. I've never heard this. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if we had, like, hydroelectric power for half of Europe? Imagine the less, like, greenhouse gases. But imagine the ecologic disaster of draining the Mediterranean. Awful. I'm glad that you said, but also, you know, because there are plus and minuses. And unfortunately, there's more minuses than pluses. Oh, oh yes, I'm sure. (laughs) Just the idea of damming something that large seems kind of nuts and draining, like, what would that raise like that would probably raise like sea levels if you drained the mediterranean it's it's a thing <laughs> it's a it's problematic more than that though more than that because at the same time where do you put that water that's what i mean yeah so it's you know you're taking something out you have to put it somewhere and if you put it somewhere then catastrophe happens so although it sounds like something out of a bizarre science fiction tale This plan really actually existed. In fact, a number of governments considered it up into the 1950s. I mean, a bizarre tale is perfect for 2020. (laughs) It feels like you're living in a bad like science fiction novel anyway. So Mm -hmm. let's just dig into this. This odd utopian vision started with one man and rose to international fandom. And that was right up until it all fell apart. Scientists, philosophers, and engineers believed that they could solve what they saw as an end of an attack in European society with extravagant and grand projects. Among them was an architect named Hermann Zorgel. In 1927, at the age of 42, Zorgel first developed his plan for Antlotropa, which he originally called Panropa, taking inspiration from other engineering projects like the Suez Canal. But he wanted to make his ideas a bit grander. His plan for Antlotropa would build a network of dams across the Strait of Gibraltar, cutting the water in the Mediterranean. Dams would also then be placed across the Strait of Sicily, linking Italy to Tunisia, which is a country in the Maghreb region of North Africa, covering roughly 102,000 square miles, its northmost point in the African continent. There will also be other dams across the Dardanelles, which are narrow waterways in Turkey, and would connect Greece with Asia. Together, these dams would provide bridges linking Europe and Africa into a giant road and rail network, tying the two continents together. Could Do you think that this man just hated water? No, I think he hated people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I'm going with it. So with more than 373,000 square miles of freshly reclaimed land and dams churning out enough power for more than 250 million people every day, Europe would have a new golden age of electricity, lots of space, and endless supplies of food from the new farmlands. In Zorgel's vision, the new supercontinent was the only way to prevent global conflicts reoccurring. 
Still stumbling from the horrors that were of World War I, Europe struggled during this time to find hope for the future. Though Europe had suffered great loss of life in the war and in the 1918 pandemic, its population still grew from 488 million people to 534 million people between the years of 1920 and 1930. At the same time, European politics had reached their most tense point in centuries. Oh, it's like exactly where we're at right now. Yeah. Nations. There's a pandemic. Yeah. The world's really up in arms. Politics are reaching a fever pitch. Things are running out. There's crazy people coming up with like bizarre ideas to do dumb shit. So nations like Poland and Yugoslavia gained independence from decades of imperial rule. And the inhabitants of the old empires feared that they were fear that there was no place for them physically, socially, or even culturally. The concept of a Lebensraum, or a living space, gained friction in German politics. Lebensraum was the belief that the most important thing for a society to survive and flourish, but please keep in mind that during this time it was defined in terms of race, was that having territory to provide space to its members. Of course, the idea would later be horrifically exploited by the Nazis in their quest for domination. In densely populated Central Europe, the desire for Lebensraum led to the conclusion that there simply wasn't enough room. At La Tropa's promise of expanding habitable territory seemed like the silver bullet that would solve the continent's problems. The odd thing about Zorgel's plan to empty the Mediterranean isn't its craziness, but the fact that it was actually taken seriously. In 1929, he published a book titled Lowering the Mediterranean, Irrigating the Sahara, the Penropa Project. It quickly raised eyebrows throughout Europe and North America, contracting attention to the so-called universal solution that Zorgel promised. After all, enormous engineering projects flourished in the 1930s, like the flooding of the Tennessee Valley, creating of dams and reservoirs for electricity and flood control, which controlled soil erosion through forest restoration and better farming techniques and improving navigation and commerce along the Tennessee River, but also the construction of the Hoover Dam, or even the dig in the Baltic White Sea Canal in the Soviet Union. Against this backdrop, Antletropa seemed reasonable and even exciting. Zorgel's plan even inspired a novel called Panropa in 1930. It featured a heroic German super scientist named Dr. Moros, who planned to drain the Mediterranean resulted in fantastic prosperity to, despite efforts by Asia and American villains to destroy his efforts. Yeah, there's a lot of real cultural elitism in this mm -hmm. because like we know that where germany ends up and like it feels like the seeds are in this idea already they're like the racist seeds the like hatred of outsiders that the like true nationalist tendencies that they had mm -hmm. to believe that they were like the best at everything like what did you say a German super scientist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like. because it was just, it was a, a, a realistic project that was put into consideration. But at the same time, these books also made a scientific story, a scientific 
fiction story, you know? Films yeah. were even made about the project, too. And Zorgel formed the Atletropa Institute out of sympathizers, fin- financial backers, and fellow architects and engineers who supported the project. For several years, the plan enjoyed a great deal of publicity in newspapers and magazines. Stories on Atletropa often featured colored illustrations funded mainly by Zorgel's wife, who was a successful art dealer at the time. Though his dream excited Europeans as a glorious utopia, Aunt Latropa had a dark side, which was rarely discussed in Zorgel's lifetime. Despite his vision, he had frighteningly old-fashioned views of nationality and race. Unlike his Nazi contemporaries, he believed the chief threat to Germany were not with the Jews, but instead it was with Asia. In his mind... The- yeah, when he said before, like, the Asia thing, I was like, oh, that's a... Well, there's a... That's a twist. Yeah, I know. I know. Wait. <laughs> In his mind, the world should and would be divided naturally into three sections, the Americas, Asia, and Atlantropa. With his dams in place and his bridges built, whole regions and cultures that had centered on the sea for centuries would suddenly find themselves landlocked. Redirecting the waters meant that people in other regions would lose their homes. Part of his proposal involved blocking the Congo River and flooding Central Africa, with no thought given to the tens of millions of people who lived there. Instead, water would then be directed to the Sahara, forming vast freshwater lakes and turning the scorching desert into luscious farmland. In his vision, white Europeans would naturally rule as a dominant race, using Africans as a source of labor. Zorgels took his idea to the Nazis, confident that they would support him. But even with the violence he intended to visit in Africa, his plans appeared peaceful compared to what the Nazis had in mind. Additionally, his effort to turn their attention toward Africa didn't align with Hitler's then goal of crushing the Soviet Union. Zorgel spoke at the 1939 New York World's Fair about his ideas, but without official support, he couldn't take any action on his plans. Until the end of the war, Zorgel's dreams of Antletropa seemed impossible to achieve. After the ash of World War II had settled, Zorgel found himself in a constant state of hope. The defeat of fascism and the rise of atomic power promised a bright future of ease and plenty, and he quickly got to work promoting his ideas once again. Atlantropa attracted interest from numerous politicians and industrialists, but even after the Nazis' downfall, Zorgel refused to retract the racist elements of his vision. On top of that, the world was moving in a more practical direction, Jean Monnet's European coal and steel community formed during this time and would one day become the European Union. But the nuclear reactor signaled at the end of the Atlantropa. At last, Europe had access to enormous sources of energy in far more practical package than a monstrous dam network. With hydroelectric power left in the past, Zorgel's utopian dream would never be built. By the end of his life, Zorgel had written four more books published thousands of articles, and given countless lectures to promote his idea. On the evening of December 4th of 1952, Zorgel was riding his bike to Munich University for a lecture when an unknown driver hit him and killed him. In 1960, the Antletropa Institute shut its doors for good. Since his death, Antletropa had been dedicated to the land of science fiction. Philip K. Dick's alternate history, The Man in the High Castle, depicts a world in which Axis powers won World War II and damned the Mediterranean. Also, Gene Roddenberry's novelization of Star Trek has Captain Kirk standing on a dam in the Strait of Gibraltar. Huh. Though, huh. Fun facts. 
Though the plan will most likely stay a part of science fiction, the weird dream of the supercontinent shouldn't be forgotten. And just think, if it was successful, what would the world be like now? So that is the story of Atlatropa, just another notorious narrative. If you enjoy our episodes, you can also go to patreon.com slash notorious narratives, where you can access exclusive content. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to be notified when a new episode is available. Keep it weird and never stop exploring.